The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. What is up? We're the one show giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio, and I'm your host, Jason Walls, certified financial planner, one of the only independent commission-free financial advisors in Rutherford County, Jason Qualls, CFP.com, or FinancialCoachingRadio.com if you want to jump in with questions, comments, I tell you all the time, get a second opinion on your investments, your retirement plan, your whole financial plan, not just any second opinion. Most financial people, guys, girls, are salespeople. They're salesmen, saleswomen. They're pushing financial products, pushing high costs, high fees, all this stuff. And you may not know that unless you go talk to someone who does not do that. It's going to tell you the truth, and that's going to be an independent, fee-only certified financial planner. First up, let me say this. Now, this is not an estate planning show. We're going to cover a lot of general financial planning topics. That's what I think is kind of relevant. At this current time, if your relative or you has a home and you're worried about entering into a nursing home and losing that house and you have no planning in place, you have not talked with a financial planner, you've not talked with an estate planning attorney, before you give away your home, to another relative, albeit children, whoever, through a quick claim deed, please get a second opinion. It's far too often mom or dad or both will say, well, I'm worried about losing the house if we get sick and have to go in a nursing home and have to get on Medicaid and all this stuff and I want the house to be protective so I'm going to go ahead and gift it to my children through a quick claim deed. Far too many attorneys I say attorneys, attorneys (laughs) will do this quick claim deed without explaining the pitfalls of it. And you could lose, you could, it has dire, in some cases, dire tax consequences for doing so. There are other workarounds through other estate planning tactics where you can still get the house out of your name. It'd be protected, preserve tax benefits. You don't have to worry about probate. Um, this is straight up, I'm going to give it away thing, retitle the house, quit claim it, and all is good. You've got to understand the negatives to that. And, and you don't have to understand. Rather, you don't have to understand. How about this? Don't do it unless you've consulted. I don't mean, of course, an attorney that's there to draft in the document. Uh, no offense, attorneys. Some of y'all are just document drafters, right? You get paid to draft documents. That's what you do. You'd be like, oh, I'll get paid to give legal advice. Yes, but until you've drafted a document, typically, on the estate planning side, um, you're not getting paid. Nobody's paying you a retainer for typically tax or estate planning advice. They're paying you for documents and advice on those documents. So just to explain to your clients the negative tax consequences potentially of doing a quick claim deed 
on their home, on their personal residence, before you do it, please, for the love. And if you're thinking about doing it, get a couple different opinions um, because far too often it happens and a lot of tax benefits on your personal residence when you pass it on to the next generation uh, could be lost. Jason Qualls, CFP.com, FinancialCoachingRadio.com. For all your questions, click email the show. You pull it up here, what I'm going to talk about. Let's see if I can even get through this. Uh, I want to talk about student loan forgiveness. <laughs> this is found this interesting. If you don't pay your student loans, here's what happens. I was unaware of this. You always, always heard you know, bankruptcy is never a great option. Sometimes it's the only option. It's the the best financial move, even though it's not a smart one. But I always knew that student loans weren't bankruptable. Um, of course, if you don't pay your student loans, you're going to have some dire damage to your credit score. Now, I think the Biden administration has said if you don't make I don't know, a year's worth of payments or whatever it is for the first year or so, you can't make them on time. They're not going to impact your credit score. My first thing in reading that was, well, what if something goes wrong? You're like, oh, not going to pay my payments for a while. The Biden administration told me that it's not going to affect my credit. But what if it does? You're going to be the one that has to fix it. And I just don't think they're going to have a you're going to have an easy time doing that. But here's this one I did not know. That the federal government can garnish your wages to make up for federal student loan payments. I was not aware of that. And of course, uh, if you have a tax refund, they may take your tax refund if you have late or not made your student loan payments. That's not what I want to discuss, because I, I haven't dug, dug into it terribly deep, because I don't know where this student loan forgiveness thing stands, and it's what's your opinion on it is. You know, I, I stand with the conservatives on this, and if you know my political stance, uh, I, I'm very middle of the road. I, I, here's my political stance. Common sense. There are common sense ideas on both sides, and usually I lean towards the most common sense idea when it comes to paying less taxes and keeping more of my money and doing what's best for the economy and steer clear of many social issues. Um, but you know, what do you agree with? Of course, if the government steps in and forgives student loans, is that are they using taxpayer dollars to, to pay for those student loans? I guess in a way they are. I guess maybe not in a way they are because they would be getting that revenue of the interest on the student loans for those the loans that they forgive. And to make up that difference, it's going to come from those who actually pay taxes. And if you listen to the, one of the most recent shows, over 50% of Americans pay zero taxes, federal income taxes, which is ridiculous. Not going back on that one. So yes, in a way, uh, it is taking from those who pay in to give to those who do not because high-income folks are not going to have their student loans forgiven. They're not going to qualify unless I'm uh, misinformed or ignorant on the rules. If there is, it is. There is some kind of student loan forgiveness. There must be. How old is this article from Forbes? What I keep looking for is for some layman's term to explain it to me of how it works. Biden's initial loan forgiveness program was premised on legal authority provided by the HEROES Act of 2003. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, they're trying a different route. I'm looking for someone to explain this to me in a, in a simple way. And I really can't find it. I really can't find an explanation that says, you know what? It's everything the government does. 
no offense if you work for the post office because they'll do a good job of of providing a service. But I haven't looked in a while, but I would assume they're still losing millions, if not billions, of dollars delivering mail. I mean, they don't have enough revenue coming in from selling all their goods and services to make up for what they pay to have mail delivered. And I know they've looked at ways to cut costs. The government can't even deliver mail and make a profit. Or break even, I guess is what it should be trying to do. They lose money on the postal service. Anytime the government gets involved in anything, it makes it so freaking complicated. And I know you don't want people getting this student loan forgiveness that don't deserve it, or well, deserve would be a wrong term, that aren't entitled to whatever the law says. You don't want people abusing it. But man, do we have to make everything so complicated. You know, and I was reading something else on another estate planning issue earlier. I've been doing this 23 years. I'm no estate planning expert. I'm a financial planning expert. It means I know a lot about a, a, a lot about a lot. I don't know everything about everything. Now, I do tax planning, estate planning. I know when to look for the experts if I need one. Investment management, retirement planning. I know all that stuff You know, up to a point, And they're like, oh, I need to seek out an expert for this particular situation. That's any type of profession. There's no way that anyone can know it all. But on this, I feel sorry. For the regular people out there that aren't in the in the in the profession, because if it's hard enough for us to to comb through all the legislation and rule changes and updates and what's going on legally and what's going on with with the system as far as Congress goes and passing it or not passing it, Supreme Court, then you, you try to find some information to give you a credible source to give you what's going on, and it's just freaking I don't know. Uh, if you're out there and you're wondering about student loan forgiveness, here's uh, <laughs> play devil's advocate for a minute. How many conservatives are you know, complaining about student loan forgiveness are going to receive it and take it gladly? Well, if they're going to give it to you, of course you're going to take it. But if you're really going to have a political stance about it, be a, have a philosophical stance on whether you believe it's right or wrong, and if you believe it's wrong and you're openly criticizing it, you probably shouldn't apply for it, right? Probably shouldn't apply for it. But it, everything is, seems to be getting more and more complex as it relates to legal issues, estate issues, tax issues. Uh, it doesn't seem to be getting simpler. And I think that is the key to every. We just want simple. I want simple. Everything the government does, they just screw it up. They screw it up. And, you know, the only thing I think that and I, people will probably disagree with me on this. I think the Medi- Medicare system has worked OK. You know, the, the Medicare system's running out of money, but I think it's, it's providing a great benefit for a long time for a lot of people. I don't think most people don't complain about the quality of benefit that they get. Uh, now, if you go back and calculate what you paid into the system. Who knows? I think that's the only thing they've somewhat done right. But everything else, if the government gets involved, they just screw it up. And that's why I have this philosophy of we don't need the government involved. We need to have a solution on our own. And I know there's pitfalls with that. We get corporations involved and their greed and uh, their ignorance in some cases. And they, But typically, you know, the, the business sector does a better job of creating, solving these problems than the government. So maybe one day I'll do an t- entire show on the student loan forgiveness. The reason I haven't, besides the lack of, I don't know if I understand it well enough of all the parts, because there's another part now where it's going to be like this, 
what is it? You can apply for like a waiver or something. I can't remember what the article told me. And if you don't qualify for forgiveness, you can apply for some other workaround that they're trying to do. Of course, if the, the one government or one presidential entity doesn't get its way, they're going to try to force it down. So just abiding by the normal systems. Anyway, I want to talk about debit cards after this short break. <laughs> this article struck me. Are they risky? Never heard someone describe a debit card as being risky, but in some ways they are. This is Financial Coaching Radio. Back right after this. Hey, Financial Coaching Radio listeners. If you don't understand exactly how your financial advisor is compensated, you could be in big trouble. My name is Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner. To learn more about why my process is so unique, go to jasonquallscfp.com or call 878-2134 today. Okay, folks, I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. If you were my client or a loved one, I would never let you get your wills done online. This is truly a case of where you only get what you pay for, and those you leave behind will be the ones to pay the price. Go see estate planning attorney John Baker today by calling 896-5621 or go to bakercouncil.com. Again, that's 896-5621 or bakercouncil.com. Get the expert estate planning advice you need today. Did you know that the U.S. tax code has over 70,000 pages? This is precisely why you must have a tax expert on your team. The folks at THW CPAs have been providing their expertise to individuals and businesses in Middle Tennessee for over 50 years. And now they have an office right here in Murfreesboro. Call Kevin Sizemore today with THW CPAs at 848-1072. That's 848-1072 or online at THWCPA.com. Welcome back to Financial Coaching Radio with you Monday through Friday, 4 o'clock, right here on WGNS. That's local sports preemptors. You can always listen online. Financialcoachingradio.com. I read something earlier, and this may be already played out, and uh, the market already reflects it. But you know the anti-obesity drugs that are all the craze right now? A lot of people have lost weight in this area. Uh, probably all over the country. who are just taking these... Uh, the weight loss drugs for, you know, I guess they're diabetic drugs or maybe not all of them are. People are losing weight on them. Anti-obesity drugs is what the article categorizes them at. And maybe you make some stock plays on the popularity of the anti-obesity drugs. Maybe it's already played out. But, hey, if you're a trader, got you a little Robin Hood account, you're on the uh, Reddit boards, maybe you take advantage of that. Are debit cards too risky? Uh, this person describes a story of going to a fast food uh, place late at night. 
Uh, they placed the order, paid with the debit card, got the food, and the next day, three unauthorized transactions ran through the debit card. I guess the debit card reader at this place was hacked. And the laws that control the difference in your liability between using a credit card versus a debit card clearly stated on the Federal Trade Commission website. You report your card's loss before someone uses it. You aren't responsible for any charges you didn't authorize. Uh, debit card. You aren't responsible for any tra transactions you did. I'm sorry, this is credit card. You aren't responsible for credit card transactions you didn't authorize. Same thing on the debit card. Uh, ta -ta -ta -ta. What you are responsible for depends on how quickly you reported it. So if you do not report your debit card issues quickly, you could be responsible. Credit card. If you aren't responsible, you aren't responsible for any charges you didn't authorize. So I guess that's the risk, right? That is the risk. Is you, and we get what the other guy says, right? You know, no credit cards. You know, and why does he say that? Now, obviously, he has, if you believe what he says, he has a philosophical, religious view against debt, and that's fine. I guess I do to a point. Uh, I don't think God wants us to be stupid either. <laughs> you know, if we can use a tool for our, to our advantage, it doesn't make us sinners. We misuse the tool. Maybe in the philosophical, religious part, we we are. But it's like anything else. You know, if, if you do anything to excess, you misuse something. That's the difference between a sin and not a sin. It's because using it doesn't make it bad. But there are some great, you know, positives to credit. And this is one of them, right? You use a, If you pay out for credit card every month, you don't overdo it, you don't overextend yourself, and if you're using a credit card to buy everything else, you would buy, normally buy with a debit card, and you're, somebody steals your credit card you know, number or just the whole card itself and auth, un, puts authorized transactions on it that you did not know about, you were unaware about, or otherwise unauthorized by you, you're not liable for it. Credit card company's going to say, we'll give it right back to you. But on a debit card, I guess it's case-by-case case basis. The bank's going to work with you. But if someone uses your ATM or debit card before you report it lost or stolen, what you owe depends on how quickly you, quickly you report it. Your maximum loss is zero within two business days after you learn about the loss or theft. Your maximum loss is 50 more than two business days after loss or theft. But within 60 calendar days after your statement is sent to you, your maximum loss is 500. More than 60 calendar days after your statement is sent to you, your maximum loss is all the money taken from your account, possibly more. Interesting, right? I'm a big fan. I, I, you know, you get points and you get cash back, and I don't play that game. The same, the same. It's, it's not that I'm trying to be financially irresponsible. It's like all the gimmick stuff. It's not gimmick because you're, you're you're saving money. It's like you get the Kroger points. I don't get gas at Kroger unless I'm at Kroger when I need gas. And I know some people just drive out of the way and they will wait all day to get gas at Kroger because it's cheaper. I'm. It's just not that important to me, even though I know it's a wasting money. Same thing with like. You know, gas stations wanted to have their card or their preferred shopper card, whatever they call it, the rewards card. Everybody has a rewards card now. I don't want your rewards card because I know you're just tracking my every move. I know you're going to give me stuff back, but it's still it's like I don't feel like messing with it. And um, same thing here. Yeah, I understand if I use – it's not that I'm opposed to – using a credit card to pay all our expenses as long as you pay them off each month to get the free stuff the credit card company gives you. And, of course, I'm not stupid. I know they're only giving you free stuff to entice you to use it. Hopefully, it gets you stuck and get you paying interest. But 
I also believe in personal responsibility. We have brains. I, th- I think the other guy thinks we're all stupid. Even though he claims to be on the, the, the conservative uh, or the right side of politics fiscally, I think the way he describes this philosophy on debt, that we're all too stupid to use it. We're all just too dumb. You know, if you go out and borrow, you, there's no good use of it because you're, you're stupid. Like, the, no one has ever had a successful transaction uh, using debt. And that's just inaccurate. You know, a lot of really, really wealthy people uh, manipulate the debt, the debit, or the credit system in this country. Anytime you can manipulate the financial system legally to your advantage, you should do it if you, if you feel like messing with the headache. But this is a case of that, right? As long as you're going to be responsible with a credit card, some unauthorized charges hit that, you're not responsible. But if you use a debit card and some unauthorized charges hit that, you could be liable. And I know, I know tons of people. And I don't even know how they do it, man. I wasn't the greatest at balancing a checkbook when I first started doing it at 16, 17, 18 years old. I didn't understand. I was like, what is going on? This sucks. I don't ever want to do this again. But ever since I've learned, and it's become really important that I keep up with every cent that comes in and out. And maybe it's just my financial-minded nature. But I know some people that don't. And they just kind of like wing it. They're like... Uh, I, as long as I look at my app on my phone and it shows 500 bucks in there, I got 500 bucks. They don't think about pending charges that could come through or recurring charges. I'm like, I guess if you just had enough money in there, you had to worry about it. It's all right. But still, you're not tracking every expense. Let's say someone hits you for a thousand dollar unauthorized charge. You're carrying ten, twenty thousand dollars in your checking account. You're not really noticing that, right? You might, but what if you don't? And you come back and you find it out a couple months later. You go, oh, this was unauthorized. And uh, you're reconciling everything. They're not going to give it back to you. They may not give it back to you. So I think that is a way to say debit cards are riskier than credit cards in that sense. I was unaware. I always just thought, you know, as long as you came. But I've always reported things quickly because I track it. But that is something to consider. Something to consider greatly. And that's one thing we've probably never touched on. And, and here's the, the, the moral of the story if it has one. And this goes for everything, almost, everything financial. There are positives and there are negatives. And that's everything. There are positives to a debit card and there are negatives. There are positives to using a credit card and there are negatives. You have to, and that's Roth IRA, 401k, 403b, buying a home, renting a home, doing a will, doing a trust. Those Filing as an S-corporation, filing your tax business return as a partnership or LLC. There are positives and negatives to everything. It's up to us to determine what those positive and negatives are and how they fit into our own unique situation. But this whole deal is never do that and always do this. It's complete BS in real world terms. I know it's simpler just to have these rules that work all, but they don't work all the time. They're not always true. Uh, that's the abs- The only thing is always true is that always that everything is not always uh, cut and dry all the time. Hope that makes sense. This is Financial Coaching Radio. I'm Jason Qual, certified financial planner. This is WGNS. Keep it locked in right here. Be back at you right after this. Do you have a financial plan? I'm not talking about a worthless binder full of pretty charts and graphs. Are you certain you're on track to reach all your financial goals? A comprehensive financial plan is about so much more than just your IRA and mutual funds. 
It involves risk management, tax planning, professional investment management, retirement, and estate planning. Make sure your entire financial life is in order by calling me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner at 878-2134 or go to my website, jasonquallscfp.com. Buying a house is stressful and so is shopping for a mortgage. Take my advice and get a second opinion on the mortgage for your new home or your refinance. Not all banks and mortgage companies are created equal. Trust me on this. Call my friend Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Great team, great process, and the best rates. Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Welcome back to The One Show, giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio. No books to sell, no live event tickets, no no ELPs, CFPs, CFPs. not pushing them either. I'm not even pushing myself. We're not pushing anything on this show. We're not going to, we don't have an agenda here. We don't, we don't, there's, there's no you know, hidden agenda where we're like, we hope you come to our next event. We hope you pay us more money. I don't have events. No desire to have events. I have no desire to write a book or sell a book. Uh, probably could make a little money, not a lot, but a little bit of money if I did. And uh, just not interested in it because, you know, one, that's not that's not what I enjoy doing, and it's not all about just how much can you make. You know, other other shows are just about how much, how can we use this platform to make more money? And there's nothing. This is America. Nothing wrong with that, but that sways the content of the show. I think. Excuse me. I think you know you make it all about what you can what you can earn instead of providing quality, uh, accurate information. Uh, what you can sell someone because that's the heart of it. A lot of these guys, even the, the largest one, they're salespeople, right? That's their background. Kind of some, almost like car salesmanish. No offense, car. You should say used car salesman. You know what I mean. Uh, let's talk about, if you want to jump in, financialcoachingradio.com. I haven't done a show all by myself in a long time. So I'm kind of in this mood, this nostalgic move when the show was very, very controversial compared to what it is today. Anyway, financialcoachingradio.com. Email the show, questions, comments. Transferring your 401k to an IRA. Will you get burned? Uh, maybe. And I think the way you get burned no matter what a financial article says, is if you, high, if you roll over your 401k to an advisor that uh, suggests it, that's going to put you in, uh, uh, charge you too much money and put you in financial products that charge you too much money or put you in financial products that are not in your best interest. That's how you get burned. Um, because they, the, the right type of advisor doesn't care. And the right type, I mean, in my opinion, Someone is, you're paying them a fee, whether it's an IRA or 401k, they're getting their fee no matter what it is. But the salespeople, they can't get paid unless you move it from your 401k to your IRA. So you have a lot of conflict of interest there. 
Um, but here's the breakdown. There are some instances where moving your... For- this is one of those things I talked about last segment. Used to kind of be the, the myth was it's always a good idea to roll over your 401k to an IRA. Then the... the the regulator stepped in and said, look, that's not true. Advisors need to quit saying that. You need to only roll over your 401k to an IRA if it's in your best interest. Um, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's going to be more costly. And I think as the rules stand today, you have to basically justify why you're taking, uh, doing a rollover as an advisor, as a planner. So you have to understand. And it all comes down to cost, right? You wouldn't want to... Let's say your 401k account investment strategy is not perfect, but you could improve upon it with the holdings. And another thing, you may not be able to keep your 401k with your old employer very long. Small employers uh, will force it out after a certain period of time. Larger employers may allow you to keep it for a period of time. But once you leave a job, you may not have an option forever to keep it as a work retirement plan. But it just comes down to cost. That's all it comes down to. It's like, what does the situation look like or what does it look like as it stands in your 401k account? How is it invested? What are our options? Can we do better? What are the fees? Can we save money? Yes or no? And you know, what about, are you going to work past the age of 70? Does it need to remain in 401k? What if you're going to do a backdoor Roth IRA? All these things. I'm not getting into. These are things that are things to consider. And uh, why you would keep a 401k. Why you would roll it to an IRA. But it all circles back to who's giving you the advice. Is the guy giving or girl giving you the advice because they have to have that rollover so they can put you in financial products or charge a fee on that account? Probably. They're not working with an independent fee-only CFP. So get a second opinion before you make that rollover. Get a second opinion before you do that. Quick claim beat on your house, as we mentioned in the first segment. This is Financial Coaching Radio. Keep it locked in. Wrap up the show right after this. are your investments costing you each year most people don't have a clue why is this extremely important because overpaying by just one percent a year in fees and expenses can reduce your account balance at retirement by 28 percent you heard me right 28 percent less at retirement i'm commission free certified financial planner jason qualls i don't sell financial products i don't accept commissions or kickbacks from investment companies give me a call today for a free unbiased investment review at 878-2134 or visit my website jasonquallscfp.com a recent undercover study found that over 89 percent of paid tax preparers made mistakes you heard me right over 89 percent is your tax person making mistakes tax mistakes cost you money and may even lead to an irs audit I recommend you get a second opinion on your tax return today by calling Tothero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. Tothero Helen Welch has been providing tax services to individuals and businesses for over 50 years. So call them today at 848-1072 or go to thwcpa.com.
Welcome back to the show real quick before I run out of time. Quickly, quickly, whatever. Quicker, quickly. Um, I was never a good English student. I was never a good student at all. So I got to college. Learned out what I wanted to do, which is this. I want to be a financial planner. Came across something the other day that was kind of disturbing. Advisor fees have gotten crazy expensive, or they're still crazy expensive. And some advisors are still recommending these ridiculously expensive financial products that are actually doing more than cost you money their performance sucks let's just say it and you gotta be careful i don't care what your buddy uses your brother your sister your mama your daddy your uncle your friend your friend your boo your bff get the right type of advisor doesn't have to be me i'd be honored to have a consultation with you but look it's not why i do the show but I don't care if you hire me or not. Make sure your guy or girl who's giving you a financial, giving you financial advice on all things investing, all things retirement, is a certified financial planner. They are independent and they are fee only. Look it up. Not fee based, fee only. Jason Qualls, CFP.com. Appreciate you listening. Listen anytime, anywhere on financialcoachingradio.com. Click archives. I'll be back at you same time, same channel tomorrow. See you then. Keep it locked in right here on WGNS.